All right, man. We're rolling. JB cast. First day of winter, is it? Second. Second. First of June? Yeah. I'm just going off what Paul says. I'm in the wrong microphone. <laughs> yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just going off what Paul said. No, it is the first. It is the first. Oh. First day of winter. Lucky I'm here for you guys. Uh, so we're talking today about, um, we're talking about injuries. Uh, big, a big piece of the training puzzle. Um, it's come up personally because I've got an injury at the moment and I think there's probably always an injury of some sort milling around. Um, T-Bone, maybe give us a little bit of an intro on, on the, the injury thing and the tribe and, and just, you know, we're all, it's obviously something we, we touch on every week looking over, over all the <coughs> members of the tribe and, and who's, who's got what to deal with and how, we've, you know, how we uh, keep them in classes and stuff. Give us a little. Well, we, we're, we're, we're obsessed with it. So every week we go through a list called the Wounded Warriors uh, and any coach that has uh, any exposure to a member that's been injured gets to write their name up on the board and what that injury is and how they got it and then we delve into it a little deeper. Uh, we're, we're, we're big on injury prevention and I think when you're looking at injuries, okay, the first step is to not get injured. And I know that sounds kind of stupid, but <laughs> it's not necessarily about, okay, I'm just going to avoid everything that could potentially get, get me injured. It's about building a body that is less likely to get injured or injury-proof, and we call it bulletproofing the joint. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, it's interesting, that, that concept, isn't it? Like the uh, thinking about a couple of people that we've worked with you know, over the years who are big and strong, and you know the kind of people that you would that that you might look at on the street and think yeah they look robust and tough and then you get them in the gym doing some of the stuff that we do and they're actually the ones that are more prone to breaking than you know someone who doesn't look anywhere near as robust yeah and you can you can spot it as soon as you, you well i feel like you can i can i can spot it when i see somebody starting to move you're like okay this this person is a potential injury hazard. And I think a lot of it comes down to um, range of motion and that range of motion, the expression of that range of motion and, um, and the, um, the strength throughout that range of motion and you can see it. And I think you've got two real, two, and I mean this is very general, uh, but two sides of the spectrum you've got like the wet noodle that comes in that's really, really mobile and just kind of limbers around through their movement patterns, um, relying on that, the joint stability to get them from one position to another or to create a shape. And then you have someone on the other side of the spectrum that is just really, really tight, fighting their body through every single pattern. And you can see that uh, working on either side of that spectrum is, is a dangerous place to be. So true. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's kind of the, in a simplified form, is trying to take those people and bring them more towards the other side, right, to find some kind of balance between the two. That's sort of the goal. Yeah. Uh, two, two, different, two different bodies, both with a higher injury potential, both with a very different approach to how we would, would, would bulletproof them. Yeah, so true. Yeah, it's interesting that, and I think, like, that's a big, um, that's, I think that's a massive takeaway right there for individuals is that 
the, you know, stretching and flexibility and mobility and all these things that we talk about that we do a lot of that, you know, standard kind of person punching some weights out or doing some cardio work at a commercial gym is not really, they're not really thinking about. Those things are super relevant to them because they are, that a lot of that is what helps to bulletproof the body, right? It's not necessarily because you <coughs> want to be able to do the side splits or be able to do a back bridge. Like there, if you take those things further, that's what they are. But really, first and foremost, it's like, well, let's build a body that's not going to break. Yeah, that's right. I notice, I notice a lot of people, you know, and I, I guess this is just the modern world we live in, but people really get by with having, you know, shitty mechanics because, and when I say shitty mechanics is in a body that's, you know, performing mechanically or it is mechanically underperforming. Um, but they get by with it because they're not exposed to things, you know, like you don't, you don't have to go hunt for your food, you don't have to go, you know, whatever. You, you don't have to go build your own house, you just pay someone else to do it, you get in the car, you go to work, that kind of thing. So it, it's kind of not, people aren't, people don't know how bad they are and then oftentimes they get in here, like particularly when they do their foundation workshop and after the warm up, they're like, fuck. I, Big surprise. Yeah, you see that look in their <laughs> eyes, they're like a deer in headlights. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's fucking cool. It's nice because you want people to have that moment for themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people know it. I mean, you, you get someone ask, ask you to go water skiing or... Or let's go for a, let's go rock climbing, or let's go for a, for a, for a hike or whatever. And I think if you find yourself saying no to these things because it's there's a lack of confidence behind the ability of your body, then you know that that there's there's work to be done. The problem is like you could continue dodging all these things, and and that list of stuff that you you're capable of doing just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks until one day you have to you have to turn around and, and face everything you've been sweeping under the carpet or you can, you can start changing the direction of that and increasing the list of the things that you're capable of doing and becoming a more useful human being and when someone says, oh, hey, we're going for, I'm going to go and climb a mountain and you could, you could turn around and, to them and say, yeah, I think I'd be capable of doing that or, you know, going, let's practice some, uh, go and want to do a deep sea diving course or whatever it is, you know. Yeah being able to expand the repertoire of, of um, functions that your body can do physically is a really empowering tool. And I think there's this, like a, a bit of a myth behind, and I hear it all the time about maintaining. I don't hear it here in our gym, but I've heard it in many other gyms that I've worked in. And we sit down with someone like, okay, what do you want out of your training? And they're like, I just want to maintain. <laughs> and it's like, there's no such thing. You're either regressing or you're progressing but nothing stands still yep and most of the time when you see somebody who says who says that to you and you and you watch the way they move and you're like in your head you're you saying you want to maintain what, that shit yeah pretty <laughs> much you, you, you don't have someone who's moving well who's who's um biomechan biomechanically sound say to you i just want to maintain what i got yeah i'm there yeah. They're always striving for more, you know, always. Well, it's interesting because those, those people who say that, and fuck, a lot of people do say that, they're generally talking about muscle mass, right? It's generally the guy who sees the gym <laughs> yeah. only as a place to, to put on muscle and he's been trying to do it for 20 years and he's like, I just want to maintain the muscle. But he's not aware of all these other variables, mm. you know? Um, you know, it's, it's like a body composition-based thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. And if, uh, if they were a little more educated into the fact that if they could get stronger tendon and ligament, get more mobile, that this would have a direct effect on the amount of muscle mass their body can hold, then they'd probably have a different outlook on, on, on their goals and their goal sets, you know? We've had, a, we've had a couple of people come here, right, who have had that sort of, um, hey, I really like what you guys are doing. I want to get involved. It looks really cool. Um, I'm also going to keep going to the gym just to do my weights because, I, I, you know, it's important to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, look, you know, no problem. Like, it's cool. We've got weights here too. Don't think that the, 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 the two things are mutually exclusive. Yeah. Like, I don't – my body's not the way it is because – I go and do some weights there and then I come here and stretch. It's like I just do everything here. Yeah. You know, and it's likewise for you and Paulie and, and, and our people. It's like, yeah, your body's representative of what you can do. So if you want to put on some muscle and be strong and look limber, then just do those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that fuck, it's, it's, the, it's the 1980s bodybuilding. It's and, a complex. And, yeah, it is, It's right? a fucking complex. It's like if I step away from, from doing bicep curls in front of a mirror somehow my body's just going to deteriorate. Yeah. Even though I'm lifting heavier weight here, I'm climbing ropes, I'm pulling up, I'm pushing, I'm stretching my muscle, I'm putting it under much more higher and intense positions than I ever have before. I'm going to get more gains doing the same thing I've done for the last <laughs> 20 years in front of a mirror where nothing has changed. Yeah. There's, no, there's no logic behind it. Yeah. So it has to be some kind of complex some kind of disorder when you think about it. Like, there's, it doesn't seem like there'd be any other, any other, like, logical answer to it because we get it a lot. It's a scarcity you know? complex, right? Yeah. It's like I built this little bit of muscle about 10 years ago yeah. <laughs> and I don't fucking care, but I'm not letting it go no matter what. Yeah. So, you know, teach me a handstand, great, but just don't take my biceps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, training, training. Uh, well, you know, even we have a very low injury injury rate in our gym, and most of the people that get injured here usually get injured outside of the gym. It's true. And they'll come in after the weekend, and they'll be like, "Oh, I've pulled something, or um, I've torn something." Um, during the in in the gym, we get them here and there, but uh, the process once that injury happens, I think. Um, Firstly, the most important thing is if your body is biomechanically sound, your rate of um, recovery is, is much faster because, because of the fact that uh, you can get good blood flow to the, to the areas that need to be, um, to be fixed. And, um, and plus, you're uh, in, a, um, in the right community or the right environment to continue to move in ways that uh, around that the that injury that don't aggravate it, but uh, continue to promote the healing. Yeah, it's true. That's that's a massive one, right? Like the oh, well, fuck. Just doing something with some part of your body that doesn't aggravate the injury necessarily when you're injured will help you recover faster. Yeah. Right. And I mean, how often do we battle with? You know, you get someone that has, you know, some kind of injury and then they go and see their doctor or they go and see their physio and then they come back and say, oh, the doctor told me not to do anything for two weeks. I have to put my membership on hold. And you're like, man, like, whatever. You fucking tweaked your knee or you, you know, you, you pulled an ab muscle. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like there's so many things you can be doing and 
if we know one thing about like our biology is that when you do nothing, you start to die. Mm. Like if you just sit there and you just rest on the couch, like yeah, don't get me wrong, if you snap your femur, okay. But if it's like, you know, it's a soft tissue injury, it's like keep moving, do something and, mm. and, and you know, avoid pain. Uh, uh, yeah, like I, how long have we battled to try and find good specialists that we can refer out to for that, right? Yeah, that's right. I think even with a snap femur, you know, I, you have it's a true. look at like all of these really like like all the horrific accidents where people are breaking breaking spines and the first thing that they get they get you doing in the hospital as quickly as they can it's not necessarily the next day but as soon as the body's capable is they start moving it they get the leg and they, they pump it and they use the arm and they stop they flip you over so you don't get bed bugs and there's there's so you, it it doesn't really matter how dire the injury is the first thing you must do is get moving as soon as humanly possible. And this is something that we promote every single day in this gym. Without a doubt, I have this conversation every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fucking hard too, right? Because when you get someone who comes in, you know, like it's that, it's that thing more. I went to my doctor, the person's university educated, they wear mm. the white coat and they told me, mm. you know, not to, not to do any exercise. And then it's like, well... Is your doctor in good shape? Like, what are they? What gym are they training at? Like, what's it look like? You know, and, and yeah. you know, no offense, I've got a lot of doctor friends, but I've never gone to a doctor to tell me, you know, to look after, op, you know, optimizing my physicality. It's usually for something else. Um, but the, you know, it's really hard for the you then to tell someone, well, look, how about you take a different perspective? Because they're like, oh, the doc told me that though. Yeah, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, our people. Thankfully, they do find that out. Yeah. You know, we go, well, let's try this. Let's work a little bit, little bit softer for a little while. Let's avoid that. But let's, let's try some things that maybe can help assist in recovery. And fuck, they do. Like, if talking about our wounded warriors, how quick do they turn around, those guys? Yeah, at least turns around real quick. Yeah. So when you're, when you, let's say you, you get yourself injured scenario-wise, because uh, obviously a lot of people you know, coming into training new or even just like having a different outlook on what they expect from a physio. Um, some people just take it as gospel. I mean, it would be fair to say if you're not getting good, get good advice to, to seek a second opinion. Uh, when you're going into, say, a professional practitioner, physio or chiro, whatever the guy is that you're, you're, you're visiting, like what, what are you expecting from them? If you expect... If you're looking for a good, if you're looking for the signs of someone who's who's good at their their mm, art, that's a great question. I the first thing I think is a proper conversation with them, you know. So like they sit down and, and take the time to ask you if they don't know what you do, then to ask you what you've been doing, and they have some kind of understanding of that. So like I know, you know, you would get this as well, but I know when I go to a, a health specialist, if they're just a kind of run of the mill individual that's not really exposed to the type of training I do, they just assume that I pump weights. So they're like, well, you're obviously very fit and strong. So, you know, they think that I go to a gym and they're like, well, let's give the gym a miss for a little while. So that for me is a warning sign because it's like, well, I don't go to the gym that you think I go to and my training looks nothing, nothing like what you think, you know, my training looks like. Um, so yeah, one that they seek to understand what you do and that's like, yeah, I, I try to balance on my hands a couple of times a week and I do, you know, flexibility work and I like to wrestle and, and you know, and they even know what wrestling is and all mm. those things. 
Um, and then I guess the second thing is that I, 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 I look for a solution, like I'm, I'm looking for them to give me a solution outside of don't do anything. Mm. And I feel like that if they tell me don't do anything, that they generally don't know what the problem is or they just don't understand, like they're, they're not really that good at their job. And yeah. not to say that's not sometimes the, the solution, but I think generally it's, it's pretty much not. Yeah, I, I think you? it's, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, let's, let's be realistic about this. You already know what not to do if you're injured. Your fucking body tells you. If you're doing something that's aggravating an injury, that's what pain's called. Now, if you can't register that, then okay, it's a little bit different, but that's a very special case. What you want from somebody is to tell you what you can do. So what, what re- rehabilitative exercise can I do to help promote the healing of my injury? What uh, soft tissue work do I need to get done on this sucker? Uh, how long until I'm back to where I was? So I like a practitioner that can tell me, okay, it's gonna take, come, we're, gonna, we're gonna work probably in the next, over the next six weeks together. It's gonna be take about five or six sessions. And over those sessions, you will implement these movement patterns. You can return back to this style of training after two weeks, and in six weeks' time, you'll be you'll be back to doing what you what you love doing. And if I can get some kind of timeline like that, then I I've, I feel like I'm in the right place. And when you have somebody who can tell you that with confidence, then you know that you're dealing with someone with experience and someone who's who's good at the job. Yeah, someone who's thoughtful as well. Yeah. Right? Not just trying to sort of get you in and, and get you out. Yeah, that's like, right. Like, fuck, how many times you've been to, uh, you've been to, yeah, you know, not to hang shit on them, but oh, it's hard not to. Kairos, and there are a lot of good Kairos out there, respect to, to the ones I know and love, but... Uh, but I've, I've only ever had experience with... The bad ones? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I fucking know I a couple of really good... Shout out, Margaret from WA. Love you, girl. Um, but the, you know, when you go to one and they're like, oh, what's the problem? And you're like, oh, I hurt my back doing, you know, this. And then they're like, cool, uh, just jump up on the table there and let me uh, get started. And then they, they crack you in a few different positions. And, you know, it's like you usually feel some kind of relief. But it's like I think that was just the same manipulation mm. routine they put on everyone that walks through here. Yeah. They'd Come back in two weeks time, we'll do it again. Yeah, I've yeah. just spent like seven <laughs> minutes in this place. Yeah. And I'm feeling all right, but I don't feel like there was any conversation or any you know, no kind of digging to find out. You know, it's, it's the same as the personal trainer that thinks that they can solve everyone's problems with uh, fucking bench presses and deadlifts. It's mm. like, well, you got to kind of look at the individual and get a bit of info, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, finding, finding the right individual for that is tough. Uh, and I think that for, for the, the big takeaway for general population, the, the people listening to this, is to really um, like look at it with a... Uh, Take it all with a grain of salt and really kind of like don't just believe the first person you see and the first thing they say. Yeah. And and ask around for referrals. Like, you know, how we have our people. Always right? ask for a referral. We, we're Never really just particular. rock up to some place. It is not worth it. Yeah. Because especially with people that are cracking backs, it is it can it can it can ruin you if you go to the wrong person. There are phonies out there. I know I have a friend who, who did exactly that and uh, his back has been buggered for, for 10 years now. Wow. The mess. Yeah. That's fucked. Yeah. So referral is really important. Referral for, from a reputable source. 
yeah. and then uh, the the next step f- from there is once you've found a good guy, you cannot rely on visiting the physio once a week to heal you. We're going to spend fifteen minutes on your on your your injury. The rest comes down to to you and what you're doing on a day in and day out basis. Every single day, you have to be working on it. Two times a day, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, you got to take ownership for the problem, right? Like I know, I know a couple of really good physios in in kind of our field, you know, who are who are in the kind of the movement or the, the strength kind of scene. And one in particular, he, he was constantly like, he was constantly frustrated because he has these people coming in and they only come to see him when they're injured, and they come in and see him from book an appointment and they just want to be fixed then and there. And he's like, dude, you know, you've been you've been sitting in a shitty position for the last 15 years. You've been not moving for the last 20 years. Like what we're talking about fixing here is not something that's going to be achieved in this 30 minute appointment. And I need you to do the work that I'm going to give you. And I need you to keep doing it for a long time. Yeah. And they're just like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Just fix me. Or I'll go, just go get some medicine. Just chuck the bandaid on. Yeah. And he's like, fuck. And he was like constantly jaded about it. And I get it. Cause it's like, it's like, yeah, the, the, you know, people don't want to take ownership of, of whatever their particular problem is mm. and they want to outsource it, you know? Yeah. That's a tough one. You know, that's a, that ownership thing's big. And the um, rehabilitative exercises are, are usually pretty dry. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. So I think... Um, but the I, prehab stuff is cool. Prehab is great. Prehab you know? is Jungle Brothers. And, pre, and also the, your rehab can be prehab. So... I think the way we like to we like to incorporate the rehabilitative work is okay. How can I integrate this into um, my training, and what can I be working on, and still getting that, still get that high from the training, still feel like I'm making progress with my injury, uh, and integrate my rehabilitative work into into say my 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 strength training that's been manipulated to accommodate my injury. So I think a good example would be where you are at now. Well, maybe you could give us a little bit of a, a bit of a um, backstory on it and, and how you've dealt with what's happened with your wrist. Yeah, yeah, great one, great one. So I uh, maybe six weeks ago I was doing some some uh, weightlifting, and it was uh, I had thirty minutes before I was coaching classes. It was a Friday afternoon. I was kind of hustling through, and I'd I'd worked up to something that was pretty heavy, and I wasn't giving it the proper amount of sort of focus. Um, And I tried to adjust part of my technique uh, when I was already at a heavy weight and I ended up fucking up the rep and I screwed my hand up. I jarred my hand at the bottom of a clean and, uh, and, and wrecked it. In any case, I wrecked it pretty good and I had to go to Bali the week after and spend two weeks there. I was doing a retreat and, and taking a week off. So had to go and do that and I, I couldn't put any weight on my hand. And I, I got someone, I got uh, Dave, jiu-jitsu coach Dave, check it out for me. He's got a physiotherapy background. And the consensus was nothing's broken. So it was like, cool, it's okay for you to just go and then sort it out when you come back. But basically, yeah, I, I got an MRI and I came back and it turns out I've, I've got a bunch of bone bruising in my hand, in the bones in my hand. So really slow to heal, um, really sore. It's been sore for like the whole time. Um, and been in a bit of, in, a, in a little sling yeah, well, for I've, a bit yeah I've been wearing a, on a, and off. That, thi- that, yeah, that kind of brace on it more so just so I don't <laughs> try and use it it just reminds me and, and it also lets people because in classes I want to demo 
and it lets people know that I have an injury. So it's kind of like, yeah. it's all right for me not to demo, um, even though I still try and demo and fuck it up. But um, the yeah, that that's basically what happened. So so my training since then, you know, I've not done any handstands. I I, I can't put any weight on the hand, so handstands are out, and any kind of pushing work for the most part is out and has been out. So. You know, all the body weight pushing work I do, handstand push-ups and, you know, whatever, planche work and stuff on the rings and all that kind of fun stuff is out. Um, up until a week ago, I couldn't do a lot of kind of pulling stuff, so I couldn't really handle a barbell too much and, and whatever. But what it did was it simplified my training and it, it just made me kind of... I sat down and thought, okay, well, what can I do with this? And it's like, well, there's still a shitload of things I can do, so... I can still work on all of my lower body flexibility. I can still, so I'm chasing front splits, side splits, all those things. I can still work on my back squats. And as a result, my back squats are the strongest they've ever been because I've really kind of focused in on them and, I, and I'm giving them more time than I normally would. Um, the, I, I'm not doing much grappling, but it's also given me a chance or an opportunity to go back and work on more basic things that I would probably have overlooked if I was training at full capacity, right? So. So there was a good point, like you saw me this morning, I was doing my upper body work was, I was doing chin-ups and some, some kettlebell presses. I was doing chin-ups and, and ring rows. So I haven't done just chin-ups on the rings and ring rows for ages because I've been doing more advanced things. But I think it's probably really good for me to just take a bit of time, mm. go back to these basic movements, do more repetitions. I'm still, you know, I'm still maintaining. Um, I, you know, I'm still making progress. Right, but I'm not aggravating. Mm. Uh, so how, what was the process of going from not being able to use your hand at all to, to gripping in the bar? What kind of feedback system were you using and what kind of rehabilitative work were you doing between that period? I was using pain as the, as the, you know, as the indicator. So uh, I would just try things. I'd come in, I'd do you know, like a lot of wrist rotations, a lot of like opening and closing of the hand, like clenching a fist. Um, trying to pump a bunch of blood in there, a lot of arm swings, you know, shoulder rotations, trying to get blood to the, to the end of the arm down towards the fingers. Um, and then I would give things a go. So I'd like spend a bit of time pressing my hand on the wall, kind of like I'm, you know, trying to load it in a, in a push-up type position, but no, not with my full body weight. And I would just, it was, I was doing diagnostics on myself, you know. Test and retest. Yeah. And like, oh, fuck, that's a bit sore today. Okay, I'll avoid that. But you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe I can do some push-ups on my fists. And I checked that. And I think for the first sort of month, that didn't feel good. But then a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, oh, that feels fine now. So I'm doing that. And I, I would do it. I would do a few sets. And then I would, you know, I would check it out the next day. How do I feel? Do I feel like I did, I've done any worse to it? And so far, it's been successful. Like, I've just progressed and progressed. Um, in addition to that, I've had a bit of dry needling, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of soft tissue work from, from my physio. Shout out, Nick. Active RX in Maruba. Um, and that's been really good, you know. So I guess I've just been hyper aware of it and I've slowed my training down and I've taken myself out of really dynamic modes of training because when it gets fast and dynamic, that's when you have less awareness. So I, that's why I'm not really grappling, you know. But pushing some weights around, taking my time, that's it's great. Nice. And did you integrate your the stuff that you're doing with uh, like your rotations and that? With your, with, your, with your heavy work, like your squats and that kind of stuff or did you break it all up or just something that you... 
how often we're doing it a day. Oh, that's interesting. I think with the like with the more like the smaller things, the rotations and the clenching and the arm swings and stuff, I just sprinkle that in across the day. I don't you know, like I know when I'm when I'm gonna go downstairs and lift some weights, I will do my warm up and I'll do some of those things. But I just try and do those things as much as I can. So we're talking about it now and I'm 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 moving my wrist again, you mm. know? And often when I'm sitting there, if I'm watching TV in the evening, I'll just start to rub the hand to get a little bit of blood flow to those to those areas. So I think it's just about keeping it in the front of my mind, you know, and just making it a bit of a, a bit of an area that I'm that I'm really aware of over this period. Um, you've had a similar thing with with your was it your thumb? Yeah, it was the thumb. Uh, Tell me. Thumbs, but like yeah, f- felt the um, my big toe, all those little little extremities. But yeah, other injuries and my spine I had problems with. Uh, again, from from grappling, and then um, I've done gone a couple of rounds with me, wasn't it? Whole, yeah, <laughs> whole bunch of um, whole, uh, and it's something that you know you deal with, especially with your with your training one to one. My my approach to to most injuries, uh, the first step for me is to get some kind of stability back in uh, the area that's injured. So, and that wouldn't necessarily have to be under heavy load, but it would just mean getting a, a, an isometric contraction happening there. So let's say it's, uh, it's the foot or the ankle. Uh, we'll talk about the ankle because it's a pretty common one, uh, whether it's been rolled or, or you've kind of pulled it or something, just to be able to have uh, that foot capable of holding stability first. Uh, it's a really easy way to get blood to the joint without having to push too much range. And then once um, the, the, the joint starts to engorge then with blood, then it can start flushing out any of the junk that's um, been uh, under repair. And then it also allows you to reconnect to the nervous system. So if there is any damage there, to, uh, it'll, it'll start working on repairing those areas too. And a lot of times, if you, if you do pull or tear something, um, you're, you're stretching the tendon or ligament to be able to get uh, an isometric contraction back there will will help bring some tension back into the joint, which is sometimes overlooked. And then once the tension is there, um, muscular tension, tendon and ligament tension, that uh, then you can start looking at working through range of motion. And then a very similar approach to what you were taking with your with your with your um, swings and your rotations and stuff like that is just exploring the end range. And a lot of the times you probably lose a bit of that. Uh, the body won't want to go to, to, to end range. And then over time you start to explore that until you start getting that range back. And then once that range is back, then you start loading that range. So you start moving dynamically and putting some weight into it. And that'll be very, very basic loading patterns. And then that will move into something that's over time a little more dynamic. And then from dynamic to plyometric and then hopefully back to normal and however long that process takes it's it it's usually relative to pain reception you know yeah and that's your i think is your best form of uh feedback it's it's served us for a very long time for millennia whether it's in the moment or it's in the days following right because yep. it's not always then that's right but you got to be aware of it and you got to be you got to hear it yeah 
That's an interesting, like going off your, like, cause you've got a really good system, right? Like I know the way you manage injuries with our people here and with, with, you know, with yourself and with your clients, it's bulletproof. Like it's, you know, talking about it now, it's, it's very well thought out. And I think, um, it's, uh, it, the, you see it very clearly in a way that other people just don't, don't fathom. Right. But an example of like not understanding that, that sort of hierarchy almost of like, step one step two kind of until you're back to to full full um power is a good example of people screwing that up is like when you get and i I got this a lot with jujitsu guys where they get you know an injury let's say they uh tear their meniscus um or no even better let's say they like they they tear a tendon on the knee so it's a you know it's a pretty considerable injury it's like okay mechanically you're pretty fucked up now um, you've had a bunch of time off, you've lost a bunch of muscle mass, the joint is now weaker, it's less protected. What are we going to do? And, and, and when their approach is like, well, you know, I'm resting until like it, it kind of the pain's gone and whatever and, it's, and then I'm just going to go back to jujitsu, but I'm just going to go well, light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool, yeah. How's that going to work Roll out for you? sling. Yeah, it's like, well, that's, that's, you know, that's completely failing to understand that even if the load as much as you try to control it is relatively light, the, the movement or the combination of movements is still just as dynamic as if you were moving fast or at full speed. <clears throat> so it's like you're actually not really doing, like you're going straight back into the fire mm. right now. Whereas if you were to scale it back in terms of complexity or, or dynamicism, is that a word? Take that as a word. Yeah, let's go with it. Um, but if you were to dial it back on that on that front, then you'll go, okay, well, let's get into the gym and let's do some squatting. So we're still using the knee, but we're using it on like one plane of motion mm. and it's very controlled and very formalized. And let's do that for a while and let's see how it feels. And then let's add load to that. And then, okay, now we can start to maybe challenge it on some different planes of motion. Um, but then you get this dogmatic thing where it's like, oh, I don't do weights. I'm not a gym guy. Mm. And it's like, well, it's not about what kind of person you identify with being with. It's about like recognizing that your body has certain needs and, and maybe what you, what you like doing all the time isn't the thing that's going to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. That's mm. a, I mean, I, you know, that's why here I love, having, I love having our grappling program with everything else that we have. Because it's like we know that we're kind of taking care of people on just those complimenting fronts. complimenting it. Yeah. They're not just getting into one thing and then getting that kind of belief that that's their thing and then getting all the fucking injuries as a result of that, yeah. Um, It's also very important to have, I think, when you're dealing with an injury, firstly to feel like you're in a safe enough environment to allow it to explore end range of motion and and to push it a little further than than you did the, the week before to get it uncomfortable. And if you don't, if you don't have control, complete control of that environment, for instance, if you are on the mat and you have another human that you don't have control over, even if you ask, you tell them, "Hey, man, I'm injured. I just want to roll light." <laughs> you don't, you don't really know how that person's mind thinks. You know how they've interpreted a question. So you'll always be cradling it. Yeah. You're always going to be like holding it back. You're going to be building tension in it. You're going to be, you're going to be working around it. And this is something. If you, if you don't rehabilitate that joint back to where it was um, and you, you start, your biomechanics start accommodating what that joint has lost, then the body will make up 
for that loss of stability and mobility in other areas around it. And this is when you start to create imbalance. And that one injury leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. That's the classic, like, I got a knee injury and I just fucked my back up. Yeah, fucked my back. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hip. Oh, my ankle's gone. Oh, no, my hip. You know, on my right shoulder. Yeah. It's all connected. All of it. So if you can't, if you don't rehabilitate something back to original health or as close as you can possibly get it, there will be adverse effects throughout the body without a doubt. Yeah, so true. So true. And I mean, fuck, you know, I guess the, the other side of all this is that none of this is easy. Like from a mental perspective, I'm coaching jiu-jitsu three times a week or grappling. All I want to do is just roll. You know what mm. I mean? I'm like, oh, I just want to get in and mix it up with the guys. But I'm like, no, I'm going to fuck my hand up even more and then it's going to lay me off for even longer. But, I, you know, I've been doing it for 10 years, so I, I have now this perspective. But there's been times in the past where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just get back in there. And then, and then you really fuck yourself up, you know, and then it's like, okay, it's, you know, then, you, then you're spending more money, you're spending more time out of training, like the whole, it's a whole cascade of, of negative things that comes as a result of that. So what other, what other elements can you, can you approach besides re- rehabilitative exercise um, and, you know, limiting the amount of uh, exposure that that, that that injury has to, to other like to to other like activities what how else can you or what other what other steps could you take to to help promote healing Mm, i like it um i fucking say that all the time eh? when you ask me a question i'm like yeah good question it's a good question it's It's interesting i like you do ask good questions man you're a very thoughtful guy thanks bro yeah don't manch (laughs) um It's like, you know, okay. Gazing so into each other's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Psst, I love you. Uh, but the, uh, I guess the, I mean, the big ones f- for me, uh, nutrition's a big part. Big part. Right? Like, so eating clean, eating well, making sure you're getting a lot of vegetables, like making sure you get a lot of everything, but a lot of protein, a lot of vitamins, minerals, like just general, generally eating well when you're injured is going to help you. Um, I, I do firmly believe if you got like a soft tissue damage that, you know, keeping your protein up is really handy. Keeping amino acids, even though, you know, those sorts of things, like that's, that's the shit that your, your connective tissue and your muscles are made out of. So give your body those building blocks and if it needs it, it's there. Um, and also this idea of, and I, I'm going to use a word now that I don't truly understand exactly what it is. And I think that a, a, some people will be like, yeah, I don't actually know what that means either. Do you know the word I'm going to say? Oh shit, no. <laughs> Integrity. I'm in suspense. Inflammation. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we want to reduce inflammation. <laughs> so, you know, so like inflammation is not a bad thing, right? It's a healing process. Well, I, I, I have a, 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 someone that I train who's a, an anesthetist and we have this conversation all the time. What, what does he say? Well, we talk about... I know this guy. <laughs> we talk about inflammation and um, an injury um, uh, management a lot and um yeah continue going on because it's been it's 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 one of those topics that floating around the internet about and there's so many different ways of dealing with it and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing so i'm really interested to hear your personal approach to inflammation yeah okay Mm. 
Well, a couple of things. Like I, I know it to be a healing process, so it's necessary, right? You know, so the, say that the, there's now this idea of not icing, um, not putting ice on swollen joints or, you know, swollen tissue because you want to keep the inflammation there in order to help it repair. So this is going around and, man, fucking I don't know who to believe, to be honest. However, with, with the inflammation thing, one really good, clear example I get of it and the, the number one nutritional thing I do to reduce inflammation is not drink alcohol. Mm. And I can tell this instantly because I wear a... When I'm not in the gym and I'm socializing and I like to be a little bit fashionable, I wear a ring, a silver ring that my girlfriend bought me. And I know that the ring fits pretty comfortably, goes on pretty easily, comes off pretty easily. If I have one drink, it's hard to get the ring off. My, my joints will swell up within like 10 minutes. Like it's almost instantaneous. And it's that, like a wedding ring. It's, it's not. That's what happens it's when you, get, really like a when you get married. Yeah. Just put on and then just start expanding. <laughs> <laughs> the body's like, oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. Don't have to hold on to this building. <laughs> Let's get some diamonds. <laughs> um, but it, it, it clearly tells me that's like, oh, okay, like this alcohol that I'm drinking, which I drink uh, you know, a couple of drinks a week, usually on the weekend, and it always feels like a bad idea. Um, but... The moment I put it on, my joints start to swell. And I'm like, fuck, that's really interesting. Like, and it's a very small joint, right, of, my, uh, of that second, you know, the, that wedding ring finger, but on the other hand. Um, so that kind of gives me this thing where I'm like, all right, alcohol is probably not that good for me because it's making my joints swell up. So I kind of know if I've got, say, and I've had plenty of knee injuries over the years from jiu-jitsu and stuff, if I've got, you know, uh, a bit of a tweak going on or maybe I tore the meniscus, I'm probably going to want to avoid alcohol over that time because I don't want to just provide more fuel for inflammation. So that's, you know, in simple, yeah, that's mm. kind of my practical tip on it. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think that's right. And I, look, if you think, if you think about it, it's, it's uh, you're, you're working on repairing something in the body. When you train, you're doing the same thing, a whole bunch of micro damage and creating that cellular disruption you would say it would be safe to say that the same approach you take to building muscle would be the same and you know building strong tendon ligament it would be the same approach you take to rehabilitating a, a joint so good diet good rest low stress lifestyle all this stuff is going to contribute to a faster recovery without a doubt and quality movement lots of water right you push that one a lot Lots and lots of water. Stay hydrated. Yeah, stay hydrated. So what, what is inflammation? What is it? Fuck, dude. I don't know. I'm actually, I actually, okay, so here's what I know. I know that there is a process of inflammation, cruises around the body and tends to stop off at sites that need repair. And I know this because when I had uh, carpal tunnel syndrome, carpal tunnel symptoms, a few years ago, I would wake up at like 2 a.m. every morning with severe like discomfort in my hands pins and needles both hands gone to sleep and um the doctor told me he said well yeah what's happening is during the day you're moving so this this inflammatory thing is cruising around and, and it's all moving and then when you sleep it settles Pulling. and at a point it stops and it pulls yeah and he said that's why you get up you got to shake your hands out move around a little bit and then it gets it moving again mm. and you can sleep so you know pulls in the areas that are that are healing yeah yeah and that's that's how, or what I understand it to be as well. And so if, if there are areas of damage and you think about tendon or ligament or, or whatever it is that's, that's been torn, um, 
when that starts to re rebind, you think of it like a really dodgy sewing sewing job, your scar tissue, uh, which is starting to, to reform. Uh, this builds tighter and uh, the patchwork is not so, so, so good a quality. And uh, we lose a little bit of range and there becomes less hydra, 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 has less hydrative um, qualities. And then a whole bunch of uh, waste product is produced from the process of that healing. Um, so in turn, the, the body's getting fluid into that area, trying to get the shit out. So I think my next question is, if you are doing your rehab work, when you're doing that, it's like you're, you're lightly tearing this, this shitty quality scar tissue back to a, a consistency of something that resembles what it originally was before it was damaged. Is it such a bad thing that uh, once you've done this work, you wake up that night or the next day and you, or, you know, the, sorry, the, the, you know, a couple of hours after that work, you start getting inflammation again. How do you know when you've pushed that too far or is this a process of, of the, is this part of the healing process? That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, I would I would say straight up that no, that's not that's not necessarily a bad indication, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. In the same way that you saw after you you know do some training, it, it, that repair is occurring, and you know right now things aren't great on a cellular level, but when you come up and out of that recovery, you're going to be better and stronger than before. Yeah. So as long as you're doing it right, yeah, you're not you're not going jumping on the mats early or jumping back onto the footy field. Yeah. For Oztag. When your ankle's still bound up, yeah, you know, and I think like, I think for for most most injuries, like for most of what our people get, it's or most of what the general kind of fitness enthusiast out there is getting. It's like you can go through that trial of uh, that process of trial and error by yourself, mm. and you can like, uh, you know, and I often say that to people in the gym. They're like, oh, I pulled a little thing, and you're like. Tell me more about it. I don't really know. It feels kind of painful, but it's not that bad. And you're like, well, okay, let's just try some things and let's just go kind of easy and then let me know how you feel tomorrow morning. And, you know, they might say, oh, it's a little bit sore still, but they'll usually have that intuitive understanding. Yeah, it's a little bit sore, but I kind of feel all right to, to give it a go again today. And you're like, cool, well, let's do that. And let's keep checking back in with each other and like kind of, you know, we're kind of, uh, we're stabbing in the dark a little bit, but we're also collecting all this information and making our decisions based off that. Um, you know, I know like, you know, obviously like, okay, if you've torn your hamstring or you've torn your Achilles or something, cool, let's not do any Achilles work for a little while. You know, like there are critical things that are kind of straightforward, but those injuries are very rare, aren't they? They are. You know? And you can still, you can still get movement in that joint without putting the muscle under load. Yeah. You can have that leg limp and somebody can be pushing it and pulling it. Obviously, this is working with a specialist, you know, but um, it's still the same process. You still have to get the body to pump and the only way you get things in and out is by moving it. That's right. And that's it. You yeah. can't do it any other way. Yeah, the vascular system needs muscle contraction, right, yeah. to shift that blood out. God damn, this is the, the deep vein thrombosis thing, right? People oh, sitting on planes, the blood, shit, yeah. they don't move the blood pools. That or playing video die. games for too long. That's oh, the other one. Kids are getting that? Fucking dying at 
what's that game everyone's put the um, War, um warcraft warcraft Fuck. warcraft Dying at walk, dying <laughs> on the computer at walk. I killed you, motherfucker! Right. <laughs> <laughs> For real, that's heavy. That's so heavy. Um, what about uh, drugs for mm. inflammation? What's your thought about? What's your thoughts about in anti-inflammatories? Look, I think in general you want to you want to try and avoid pharmaceuticals, like if you can. But I got no problem with it if it's an acute thing. You know, I've had plenty. I got Voltaren at home, and I've had plenty of little tweaks before that I'm like, well, uh, you know, it's not like critical what's happened, but I'm in a lot of discomfort. It's probably going to affect my sleep. So I'm going to pop a couple of these things. And then oftentimes the next day I feel good. And it's like, cool, I'm all right with that, you know. Like if it was, if it was something that came about from, say, grappling, whereby it can be too hard to put your finger on exactly what happened to cause the injury. And because I have trust that mechanically I'm pretty sound, right? So I'm like, well, I'm not... I'm hopefully not covering up a major mechanical deficiency. This is a bit of a random occurrence, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to utilize this because I want to get back in the game quicker. Um, however, if I was doing that once a month or if I was doing it every two months, that would be a problem. Uh, if I moved like shit, mm. then definitely don't do it because there's bigger problems to deal with. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, topic because that's... Uh, that's that's not some, that's something that happens I, I know that that's something that happens regularly with a lot of people where they for them to continue doing this, the the activities that they love they they need anti-inflammatories to be able to get themselves through it so really in, in, a, in a in a situation like that it's a it's a band-aid it's like my it's mate, a mask like my mate Bernsey he used to pop a neurofin or two neurofins every morning before work, he'd roll. He'd wake up. He'd oh, roll over on. and reach over to his bedside table, two newsies, Oof. sip of water every day, and was just like, "No, nah, it's fine, man. Nothing, nothing about it." What, what, uh, what was the theory behind it? He was in pain. He had knee problems. He was, you know, training boxing. Um, sorry to throw you under the bus, that Ben's way. But um, a second name and address. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll put a picture of him up in the show notes. <laughs> Um, but uh, yeah, it was like he just yeah, he just developed a, a reliance on these things, you know. And Isn't that interesting. I mean, fuck, it's kind of like this this Drug. opioid epidemic yeah, in the states, drug. right? And we probably got it coming here. Well, it's probably here already. But yeah, you're like, oh, I just feel better after I take these two little mm. sugary white pills. Mm. Why not? They're cheap. Chemist gives them to me. No problem. Government says they're good. You know. Interesting, uh, uh, if you've ever heard Rhonda Patrick, who's on the Joe Rogan podcast a lot, she's, she's interesting. She's full of information. I think she's a, she might be a biologist, something along those lines. Or, yeah. But um, she, she, by her definition, definition, you have a drug dependency if you take pharmaceuticals once a month. So she said like, yeah, if you take, like she even said for women dealing with period pain and stuff, she said if they're medicating with a pharmaceutical drug every month, that in my in my by my definition is that you have a dependency on that drug you're mm. addicted to it. I thought, fuck, that's very interesting because there'd be heaps of people out there pumping mm. shit every couple of weeks, right? Oh yeah, and yeah, I guess it's hard to define how how much is too much when it comes to taking any kind of drug. But um, once a month is pretty like it's a lot. You, yeah, you well, you you would think. That it's not, but when you think about it, okay, well, there's a there's a there's a pattern forming there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think if it if that's relative to 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 pain, 
then you, if it's being, you, you have to be able to recognize it. You're using it as a masking agent of some form. You're covering up the fact that you're doing something that, is, that your body doesn't like. So if you're, you're getting inflammation on a regular occurrence, you've got to ask yourself, okay, is what I'm doing too advanced for me? If my, is my body not strong enough to deal with this kind of intensity? Am I doing too much of it? Uh, do I need to regress the pro- progressions that I'm on? Or do I need to get stronger for the activities that I'm, that I'm imposing on my body, for instance, if it's a sport or not? You know, go back to the drawing board and, and start rebuilding a, a stronger body and taking a little bit of a break from what you're doing to, to rebuild and then re-expose that new build back to what you were doing so you can, you can get more, more life out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's often, uh, I think that what's important with that too is sometimes understanding what your limitation is now and addressing that systematically. So like, like say handstands are a really good example. People want to do handstands, which is great, but some people don't have the adequate shoulder uh, mobility or wrist mobility to do it. So it's like, cool, like play around with them, but really you, you're probably better off just addressing those things now, getting them to a point and then go for the handstands because yeah. Your training will be of a high quality. You'll actually be able to do the techniques sooner and you're going to be doing it without pain. Mm. Whereas if you go the other way, and I think I probably did this in the past when I started, um, you rush into it and then you get injured. And then you're Mm. like, fuck, handstands injured me. Well, no, they didn't. You just went the wrong way about it. Mm. You didn't, you failed to recognize your deficiencies. Yeah. And you hear that a lot with, with, um, with, with, more like the, the gymnastic style approach to strength and conditioning, the rings, the muscle up the, is a perfect example. There's so many people talking about the muscle up and the bar muscle up. Oh, that's so bad for your shoulders. Uh, you know, and well, actually, your shoulders, for, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> bad for your shoulders, yes. Not necessarily bad for the Olympic gymnast. Yeah, exactly. It's warm up for them. Well, not yeah. even that. It's just how they get into it. To where they need to be position yeah. before they Doesn't start. Doesn't even have a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's called, oh, get up on the rings. Yeah. <laughs> so true, right? Yeah. So tell me, looking back, like, looking back over the years, do you have, well, I know I do, but do you have like a, a rate of injury, you know, that you, that kind of, that you can, that you, that you know of? That like every year? Every, yeah. I, f- I think that's getting less now. As um, I, I'm not as bullheaded with my training as I was in my 20s um, and I'm managing them better. My quality of training is much better. My knowledge is better. Um, the intensity is, is lower, um, but there's still that pattern there that just, and it's probably, I would say every four months, something pops up. Um, and then I go through that little period that we just talked about, um, changing my, my, my approach to my training, restructuring my strength training, backing off anything that's highly dynamic, um, integrating the, the, um, the rehabilitative work and then come out the other side and then back, onto where, back on track to where I was. But I would say it would be about that. Every four months, was it? Yeah. So that's why I'd say like a couple of times a year. Yeah. Yeah. And does it does it derail you for long? You know, does it does it put you out in terms of progress? It's always the pain at a longer time happens. You know, it's always one of the things that gives you the shit, and then you feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, and then once you sit down and 
and do a little bit of um, do a bit of planning, you know, and restructuring, and you're back on track. You start to look at the benefits, and you're like, oh, okay. And like you were saying before, with your um, reconnection with your squatting and your and your pull-ups, you can turn these things into a really positive attribute, you know. Fuck yeah. Yeah, and you have to be able to look at it. If you want to continue to make progress with your training, you cannot look at an injury as a roadblock. You have to look at how can this be advantageous to me? How can this make me better at what I, what I do? And, and also to be able to review and say, why did it happen in the first place? Yeah, what can I you learn know? from this? You've got to put your ego aside sometimes with that and think, okay, how can I firstly, how did it happen? Why did it happen? How can I stop it from happening again? You know? Yeah. Yeah, because it's probably the, the key to unlocking, yeah, greater physical development for yourself, right? It's like, oh, you, you got fucking tight shoulders. Yeah. All right, I'll work on shoulder mobility. And then it's like, oh, now all this other stuff's available to me. Yeah. It can even be an, ad- an attitude towards your training. Like, how am I going in there like hammer and nail, you know, for the glory is this, is this attitude that Crossfit I have bitch. to my training <laughs> um, getting me fucking injured re- yep. repetitively, you know? Just maybe get some more weight on that bar. Fucking attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's, that's an important thing or is it, is it an activity that I'm doing that I've – or am I competing at too high a level for me now, you know? Uh, is it time to start looking at, at other avenues and also – I think the, a really big thing is, and especially for someone my age, I'm, going, I'm turning 40 next this year. Hey. Big four, huh? Daddy. And you have, to, you have to recognize that. You have to recognize that your body is continually changing. And if your training is not evolving, if it's still the same as it was when you were 20 years old, then it's, I can guarantee that it is regressing. Things are going backwards for you. Yeah. Without a doubt. You, and I've said that about three times today. Well, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. You have, to, you, have to, you have to evolve. Training has to evolve. As you start to age, it doesn't have to – you don't have to stop. You don't have to stop doing what you're doing. You just have to, you have to evolve, you know. Yeah. And it, it, it's like a what got you to where you are now is not what's going to get you to the next level. No, and I think you could even look at that in, in within a discipline. The way, for instance, the way you rolled when you were, you know, nineteen, and now that you're like forty-five, <laughs> it's going to be different. <laughs> That's know? hard to remember. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was like a tornado back then. Yeah, I'm still, you know. Depending on who, like a, how weak the a, person is, sometimes a willy willy tornado. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tumbleweed, <laughs> <A> willy bird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's right. It has to evolve. Yeah, you know, it it has to. And you're smarter. And you're probably you're probably spending more time warming up. You know, you're you're moving differently. Yeah, you're more probably a little more strategic, a little less risk risk taking. I'm just yep. guessing. Like you're this, right. But these would be things that I would be thinking about now if I was in your position and being able to fall back on the experience more and still winning just as many as many roles, but you're just taking a different strategy, you know? Yeah, it's, it's totally, you're, you're spot on. And I think it's that idea of not trying to win the workout, yeah. but I'm trying to win the, the, the life yeah. or the month or, you know, I actually wrote a blog about that this week. Um, this idea of like not, not trying to win every session. It's like, well, no, you want to, 
you're going to get things are going to derail your training, whatever. Like, look, hopefully you can look back and say, I won the last month or the last six months. That's a win. Doesn't mean every workout was great. Doesn't mean I won every role or whatever. Mm. Whatever my metric for success in a workout is, you know, like we get that here with our members. Oh, I didn't deadlift tonight. You know, like we, how you get this a lot where we're doing strength work, barbell work in particular, because it's very linear, very easy to measure. And usually happens after about, they've been here for about 18 months mm. because up until that period, like for the first 18 months, big growth. Yeah, it's just like two and a half to like 10 kilos extra on the bar every workout. Mm. And then you get to a point where it's not, it's not happening every workout. Mm. And they're like, oh, I fucking didn't lift the same as last week. I'm a bit disappointed in myself. <laughs> and it's like, well, nice, dude. You, the honeymoon period's over and now it's the real training. Yeah. And just keep doing it, you know? Mm. It's, uh, it's true. Yeah, well, I think reviewing how you define your successful training or you know, the success in your training is, is a big mm. part of that. And it's often separating from the ego, like you said. It is. And, and uh, bringing a focus in off the quantity and, and onto the quality Yes. This is where it's at. And I think if you look at anyone that's performing on a, on a really high level, and you don't have to look at uh, Olympic athletes, but you could just look around your own gym and the people that, that are aesthetically nicest to look at, whether it's through movement or just, um, you know, standing there, generally have better quality movement. So if you can focus on that quality, they're not the, they're not the guys lifting the heaviest weight or running the fastest or or, you know, doing the, the hardest workout. They're the ones that, that are moving the best. Yeah. You know, the ones that look the nicest when they move. Yeah, it's so true. There's a lot in that, in that quality, isn't there? The movement quality is key. And this is also what allows you to continue doing what you love doing. And coming back to the subject, uh, lowering your chances of injury exponentially. Quality movement. Because generally the time you get injury, injured is when your movement quality goes shit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, mobility sucks. Yeah. Body control's not there. Dude, this has been a big chat. I think we could probably do a second part on this at some point. Yeah. But I think there's a, a, a fuckload of takeaways in there for the people. Um, if there's anyone out there that, that wants some help, you know, injury-wise, trying to work through something or get a bit of a different opinion on it, just reach out. You got us junglebrothers.com just go to your local GP go to your local yeah I, my, my old GP used to smoke <laughs> cigarettes he was this this chubby guy <laughs> shout out I won't put the name out there but um, <laughs> yeah, just think back I'm like fuck what, how did I go to that guy when I was a kid you know but, um, but yeah you know um, if you need help or even if you're looking for referrals on, on good people to see for certain issues hit us up we'd be happy to help thanks T-Bone right. thank you Joey awesome. ciao bye guys